You are now listening to the Unshakable Health Podcast with Dr. Thomas Hemingway. All right, another week. It's amazing fall week out there. I hope you guys are enjoying it wherever you are. Oh my gosh, I really have never seen fall before prior to this year. Spent the better part of the last 30 years in Hawaii and uh, oh my gosh, I am just astounded at how beautiful fall is. The fall colors are legit. The leaves going from yellow to orangish to red to down on the ground, whatever it is, it's amazing how beautiful fall is. I hope you're enjoying it. It's cooling off here where I am now in the mountains and close to my family, and it's been wonderful. So hope your fall has been amazing. I got an incredible episode. I'm so excited about this episode with just a world-famous fitness enthusiast and just one of the best in class, just an amazing dude. Clark Bartram is coming up today. Oh my gosh, can't wait to chat with him. Just an incredible episode. Before I do, I just want to thank you for listening. Thank you for being here and thank you for subscribing, for liking, for commenting, and most of all, thank you for writing a review. Those reviews are golden. I read each and every one. They're really what helps get the word out and move the needle. I'm going to read a review I recently got from Darren and Trey. It says five stars awesome podcast, lots of valuable information. Being an insomniac, most of my life, the episode helped me and reinforced a lot of my knowledge about sleep. I really enjoy this podcast. Dr. Hemingway brings a cool, relaxing environment while providing valuable knowledge. I'm hooked. And Dr. Younger was amazing. A bunch of fist bumps there and just, ah, what an incredible review. Thank you, Darren and Trey. Appreciate you. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you sharing. Please share the podcast. Please write a review on Apple. It's so easy. Just scroll down to the bottom and hit that star farthest to the right for five stars and just drop me a little note. Let me know what you're loving, what you're learning, what you're enjoying. I so appreciate each and every one of you. That's why I do this. That's why I get so fired up. Check me out over on my website, thomashemingway.com, or of course on Instagram, which is dr. Thomas Hemingway, Dr. Thomas Hemingway. Check out all my new content. I drop a reel just about every single day on just super important health pearls that can move the needle in your life. So without further ado, I want to get into this episode with the world's most famous trusted fitness professional, Clark Bartram. He is an ISAA master trainer. He's literally graced the cover of hundreds of fitness magazines. The guy is about 60 years old, and he is just jacked and ripped and just an incredible human. He's actually the thing that I loved about this show is that he is just as into mindset as he is into the physical fitness piece. He has written a bunch of best-selling books and also about mindset as well as about fitness. Just a great, great guy. You guys are going to love this. He's also a phenomenal, I don't know what he calls it, trick shot guy. So check out his Instagram. It's just Clark Bartram. He can throw a football a couple hundred yards over a fence and into the open car window of his vehicle. I mean, this guy is incredible. My kids got a kick out of that. They got a kick out of the podcast. If you haven't seen it yet on YouTube, it's there as well. It's incredible. We are there face-to-face talking over the internet wonders, and he is there and just sharing the world of how you can be fit, how you can be active, how you can just crush life. So without further ado, we're going to get into this episode with Clark Bartram. All right. On today's episode, I have a very special guest who is literally iconic in the fitness industry for decades now. He's coming up on almost 60 years of age, and he is one of the most healthy 
vibrant guys I've ever met. He is a master trainer. He is someone who's graced the cover of almost every fitness magazine numerous times, literally a hundred appearances on the cover. And the cool part about him is he's a real dude. He has practical steps. He helps men and women, and he just gets down to business. He talks straight and he's got so many pearls for us. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Clark Bartram on the show today. Welcome, Clark. What's happening, Doc? Let's go. I'm excited to be here, my brother. Oh, my gosh. Such a pleasure to have you here on the show today. You are such an iconic man. And, uh, it, you know, I, I was chatting with you a little bit offline about your other, you know, many and sundry talents, like throwing footballs across, you know, parking lots into your truck over a fence and things like that. Like, dude, you're just a talented man. Well, I appreciate that. You know, and I do a lot of that stuff, honestly, just for meditative reasons. It's a great place for me to go and decompress and really focus in and do something that takes me away from all of the business of the world. And I think that's a big part of what I teach and what you teach and what people are here to learn about. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, I love that description. It's a meditative expression because I don't know about you, for me, like I'm not one of those guys that can just sit still for 30 minutes and just focus on my breath. My meditation is surfing <laughs> and yours is doing these trick shots with the football. I mean, what a cool way to not only improve a coordinated talent, but to de-stress. So I, I can't wait to get into more of this. For our, for our viewers and listeners that uh, may not be super familiar with you, maybe just give us a little bit of background of how you got into this space, a little bit of your story, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, so I grew up in Canton, Ohio, and realized at a young age, the age of 17, that going the route of staying in Canton, Ohio and working in the steel mills, which I'm very grateful for all of the very hardworking blue-collar people who do that, 30 years in there, you know, really working but it didn't resonate with me. So I knew there was something bigger, but I didn't know how to get to it or what it was exactly. So I thought, how do I get out of here? I didn't have any money. There was no way to, for me to just pick up and move to California. So I remember one day I was sitting there and I saw a Marine recruiter in the lunchroom in our high school in dress blues. I'm like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. So I went and enlisted in the Marine Corps at age 17 and exceeded extremely well in the Marine Corps and ended up here in Southern California, got out in 1984, and I needed a job. So I went to Family Fitness Center, which is now 24-hour fitness, and I applied for the job. And the guy said, come back in a week, come back in a week. He did that to, four times he did that to me. <laughs> Finally, I needed some credit. So I filled out a credit application and said, where do you work at? And I put Family Fitness Center, and I put this guy's name and the next time I walked in, he looked at me and he's like, I like you, you're hired. So I got the job and that's kind of what got me into fitness, really. I was always an active guy with sports and the Marines, but getting into the gym industry, specifically as a trainer, then as a salesperson and as a manager and eventually an owner, that's kind of what brought me through this whole process that I believe led me to where I'm at today. And here I am at almost 60 years old, doing what I love and what I was created to do. Oh, man, what, what a great story and that mission. I, I love what you said about even back then, you had this kind of not only idea, but really the mindset that this is who I am. Like, I'm going to go after that, even though I was maybe rejected three times in a row by this guy. Like, I'm just putting it out there. Like, I'm doing this no matter what. And what a great way. And I know this is a, a key, you know, sort of step in your process. I think the first step really in your five-step process is the mindset piece. Maybe, maybe we can just talk a little bit about that and how that's guided you through the years and how you help others with that to get going. 
You know, I think before mindset was even a thing that I had a mindset to understand how important mindset was. And it has a lot to do with how I was raised, I believe, because much like many people, there was a bit of dysfunction there. And as I look back on that and see how I responded to that dysfunction, I could have ended up in a much different situation than I was now. But something inside of me told me there was something bigger for me. And I didn't even know that until now, really looking back. But I can be on the balcony of my life, really looking at myself. And I realized that mindset was always a part of what I did. And it really became a thing when I joined the Marine Corps. And I found myself on those yellow footprints going, I can't leave. I've got to figure this out. And the sooner I figure it out, the better off I'm going to be. So that's when I started looking around and being very observant, like, okay, I see that. I see how he's acting. What if I don't act that way and I act this way? That is mindset. So then I started adopting this thing and I started to see how that worked on my behalf. And I was like, oh, this is not as hard as people make it out to be. It's the physical thing, but they try and beat you down with the mental thing if they can't beat you with the physical thing in boot camp. So I excelled in both areas. I was a squad leader and all of that sort of stuff. And then I came out and took all of that and applied it to the next thing. Okay, I'm in sales now in this gym business and they're giving away rings if you're the best salesman. And I'm like, how do I accomplish that? Well, if I set my mind to this and then there was that next layer and so on and so forth. And then the bodybuilding thing and the modeling thing and the movie thing. I mean, I remember doing a movie in Mexico and everything was falling apart. And I'm like, I got to get my mind set so I don't act like everybody else on this set right now and and, and ruin my performance. So there's always been that thing there for me that I realize now is really focusing in on what you want to accomplish and making it happen through setting your mind to the process. Yeah. Was, was there any certain, was this at uh, Camp Pendleton that you did your initial training or was it elsewhere? So I, Paris Island, South Carolina is where I went for boot okay. camp. They have another one here in San Diego, which I never knew about until afterwards. So I believe all real Marines go to Paris Island, South Carolina. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big thing to say as a guy who's currently living in San Diego. So that's awesome. I love that. But was there any one uh, particular moment where this really settled in during either Marine Corps days, or was this even something that preceded that as a kid in growing up that really got you kind of on this track where mindset became so valuable? Or was it just kind of over the years, it just kind of grew and, and developed? It's been a progression over the years because if I look back, like I sat on my life, being in dysfunction as a child and knowing that I could could have taken one path or the other, many of my friends ended up going one way and having the outcome that wasn't so desirable. And I chose another one. I'm like, okay, I'm going to join a disciplined group of people who can help me get on track compared to some of my friends who went to drug, alcohol, and eventually some of them death because of that and then I took that to the next step so it's been a progression and I'm really right now at this stage of my life truly understanding the power of all of that and what we can truly do and that's why mindset is my number one thing people say Clark what's the most important thing if you want to get in shape it's nutrition right and I used to say yeah that was it but it's not it's absolutely not and I don't care what anyone says Because you could choose keto, intermittent fasting, any of these fad diets that people are doing, 
If you don't have the mindset to stick with them for a lifestyle forever, doing it for six weeks means nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And in fact, uh, for those that don't know, that was the book that you wrote, Where Your Mind Goes, You Go. And you got the second volume out as well. And, and I think you're kind of unique in that way. Not many personal trainers out there focus heavily as you do on the mindset piece, because I believe like you do, it's not really a lack of information. Most of us know inherently that a cup of broccoli is more healthy than a cup of Oreo cookies, right? Like we know that that's, that's pretty obvious, but it's the fact that when we decide in our mind that we're going to keep with something consistently day after day, you know, eating real food, whatever dietary plan that looks like for us, whether it be keto, you know, whether it be, you know, plant-based or animal-based carnivore, like whatever, I'm, I'm kind of like you, I don't subscribe to one of these specific bad diet plans. It's like eat real food, move your body, get appropriate sleep, manage your stress, keep your mind right. You know, these, these are the pillars that lead to a healthy life, right? It's, it's not rocket science here. But when you work with people and you, you know, have folks that many of us do, we struggle with maybe at the end of the day, what we decide to put in our mouths, what we decide to eat. How do you help them with the mindset piece? Where do, what does that look like when you begin with this journey, especially with food? Because food is important. It's not the most important, but it is important. How do, you, how do you work with that? Well, it's very important. It's the second thing on my five principles. So when someone falls off the wagon, I guess we could say that, or they, <laughs> they fall victim to what I'm now referring to as the witching hour, because okay. most of the men that I work with will tell me, Clark, I do great all day long, and then seven o'clock hits, to nine, I just sabotage myself with the chips and the beer and the bad choices. And then the next natural thing that happens, we as humans tend to self-deprecate. We tend to beat ourselves up. We tend to go, oh, see, you can't do this. Why even try? And these negative feedback loop conversations start to happen. So what I do is take them out of that immediately. And we just have a discussion of, look, you're a human. It's normal. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Move on. What is crying about it going to do don't cry over spilled milk and when i do that over and over and over again with them they finally realize that what i'm saying is true because it is there's nothing that you can do about it you're not going to go purge and get rid of the chips you just have to brush yourself off get back on the horse the next day and start the process where you left off not over again because it's, it's an ongoing thing that will never, ever end for as long as we're on this earth. We're going to be faced with options and choices that might cause us to feel like we're not doing it to the best of our ability. But then suddenly I see something happen to these men where they connect. And when they connect, it's like a beautiful thing. The results just start to come and it's because they're not prioritizing it so much. They're realizing it's a bigger thing than just being on a treadmill and eating a cup of broccoli. It's about lifestyle. It's about, you know, and, and again, going back to the mindset piece, the reason most trainers don't talk about it is because no one wants to hear about it. Nobody, when they're starting a fitness program, wants to hear about this is a lifestyle. you got to get your mindset right. you got to do the work. And I just tell them flat out. And I think that's what brings people to me is they like that honesty because they've tried all the other stuff before with the fluff. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, often we're faced with this, you know, sort of we want, right, this step-by-step. Step. We want somebody to tell us what to do, what to eat, how much to eat, when to eat, when to exercise. We just kind of want this simple step-by-step. And, and yet at the end of the day, if we're not 
really committed. We haven't made that decision. Our mind isn't really, you know, set on achieving that. None of that really even matters because maybe we'll do it a day, a week, or maybe a few weeks, but we're not going to stick with it. Right. So I, I couldn't agree more. I love starting with the mindset piece. And I know the second pillar that you have is the meals or the food part, right? Let, let's just talk about that a little bit. And, and I think this is a pretty universal truth. I know you work primarily with men these days, but you've, you've helped effectively thousands of women as well throughout your journey. And we can all learn from this. What, what does the meals part look like to you? And how do you approach that piece of the puzzle? So I think what people need to understand and what I share with the people that I work with, whether they're male or female, young or old, is that food is the most powerful drug you'll ever put in your body. Because it causes a chemical and a hormonal response, period. That's what it does. It's going to elicit some sort of response in your body. And the question we have to ask ourselves is what we're eating right now, this meal, going to cause a good response or a negative response? Yesterday, I looked at something. I, my buddy owns a liquor store down here, and I went to go get a water. And I like this water called black water. It's got all these minerals and stuff in it. So next to it was this new Pepsi. And I was intrigued by the packaging. And I looked at it and I wondered how much sugar was in it. Never in my life have I ever seen one can of soda, 12 ounces, with 68 grams of sugar in it, man. Wow. So let's just talk about that. Someone goes and gets it and they pour that down their throat. So if someone says, food's not a drug, this is a food item. It's a beverage, but it's a food item, right? When they drink that, what is 68 grams of sugar going to do to your body as it relates to your pancreas and the function that it has producing insulin and the glucose response and all of that sort of stuff? It's not going to be good. Now, there are options in that same cooler that include water or a carbonated drink or something that might have other chemicals in it. Food is no different. It's packaged. It's got processed stuff. And like you said, I'm not into isms. You don't need to be a vegetarianism, a cannibalism, or any of these isms. If you eat whole natural food and you eat the right amounts and you exercise enough and you do it consistently, your human body is going to respond in a positive way, period. There's no questions about it. Yeah, no, I, I love that. It is truly that simple. And, and you brought up a perfect example of what literally plagues us as you know, a society today, we have the most, you know, percentage of, of overweight people, obesity, diabetes, you know, all of these preventable causes of death that, that literally plague us as humans, seven out of 10 of these top causes of death are preventable. And what you mentioned, like just choosing that drink, like who knew that right now today, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is the number one cause of liver transplant, which is primarily caused by drinking soda and drinking anything or eating things that have high fructose corn syrup and lots of sugar. Like that's been shown. And when I trained, it wasn't that it was alcoholic liver disease. Alcohol is still a problem, but now it's like sugar is even a bigger problem. It's a drug. I love how you share that it's a drug because many of us don't see it that way. It's, oh, it's just food. It's just whatever. I can pour it in. I can drink it. I can eat it. I'll just go to the gym. It all comes out in the wash. Well, I don't think that's the case. And I'm, I'm sure with your experience with uh, all those that you've worked with yourself personally, especially getting up on 60, like how do you notice that food affects you now compared to maybe how it did it in your 20s and 30s? Is it any different? Do you think differently about it? I think completely differently about it because when I was younger, there was the benefit of the metabolism and the activity and all of these things. I still have a good metabolism. I'm very active, but I need to be a little bit more conscious of what I'm putting in my body because I do understand what I just said. 
I have options around me that aren't good ones that I sometimes partake in. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm better and they're worse. I want everyone to realize that we're all humans. And if we fall victim to eating the things that aren't going to be good for us more than we're eating the things that are good for us, you will end up being fat, overweight, out of shape, deconditioned, and sick. It's just the way it is. And I don't want to feel that way. I want to live out the rest of my life feeling vibrant, highly functioning, energetic, enthusiastic, in love with life because we got one of them, baby. I got a big red <laughs> sign right there to remind me of it every single day. <laughs> and up here it says, get busy living. And, and I remind myself every day of this because, again, I'm no different than anyone else. I love pizza. I love chips. I love pudding. I love cheesecake. <laughs> I love it all. But you know what I love more? Looking like this and this and being able to yeah. run and jump and play and be. And more than anything else, I love being the encouragement to men who are sitting back in life, who've worked hard and, and sacrificed themselves. And this applies to women, too, but I'm because I coach men sacrificed themselves for their family and done all of this. They've made their money. They've got their house and their cars. Then suddenly they found themselves ready to retire and they go, how did I end up in this body? I was a college athlete. What happened? What help can I get? And then here I am on TikTok or Instagram going, let's go. You know, and they're like, maybe this guy. Yeah, no, how how appropriate, and and you're you're living it. I mean, you are the product of the product, and that's what I love about you. You talk straight, and just get down to business. This stuff is not difficult to understand. They're simple concepts. You don't have to be perfect. I'm I'm with you. I I wrote a book called Preventable, which is coming out soon, and in that I talk about exactly this that we don't have to be perfect. I personally have a vice that you know many know of. I love ice cream. I love it probably more than the average person, and I used to eat it every day. Now I don't eat it every day. I still have it. My, my daughter had her birthday the other night. I had a piece of her ice cream cake. Like I can still enjoy my life, but it's not the bigger percentage. It's a smaller percentage of how I fuel my body. You know, it's not, it's not all or nothing. And I think that's a trap we fall into is this all or nothing approach. And I'm sure you've seen that so many times over with your coaching and your work. And, and maybe we can- um, It's not sustainable. Yeah. You need to enjoy your ice cream, your cake and the things, but- how much? Like, when is yeah. the cutoff point? Is an entire cake good for you? No. Yeah. The pint of ice cream, the right way to go? No. Yeah. And most people say, well, I can't stop at three or four bites. No, you can. You, you can. just choose not to. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where these uh, habit loops that you kind of talked about with the decision making, the mindset, like we're all capable of this. We can do this, you know, just slow down, be in the moment, enjoy those couple of bites, and then you're good. That's, that's kind of how I do it. I, I, I actually had the privilege of uh, interviewing Dr. Judd Brewer recently. He's a neuroscientist, a psychiatrist, and his specialty is addiction. And food addiction is one of the things he loves to talk about. And it's, it's actually pretty simple sort of habit behavior loop that we can all do. But it starts right here with what you keep talking about. It starts with our mind. And it, it can be that easy. So let's jump into your next pillar, the movement piece. How, how much movement should we get in? What does that look like as we age? Is it more or less that we need? What does Clark's movement routine look like today as opposed to what it looked like maybe 10 or 20 years ago? Just talk us through a little bit about that. So how much and age dependent? The how much is age dependent? Yeah. yeah. Because it's not the age necessarily. It's what you've done 
in proportion to your age compared to what you've done before. So most of the guys I work with will come to me. I was a college athlete. Let's, how long is a session to work out? I said, it's as long as I see you're capable of doing. It might be five minutes. So I have to hold people back from themselves because they have this mindset of, well, I used to be able to do this. Well, no, now that you're 58 and you haven't done anything for 30 years, we can't start you where you left off. You need to start where you're at. But for me, it's different because I've maintained that throughout the years. So that's where it's not age dependent. You follow what I'm saying? Because yeah. I've maintained a high level of athleticism and movement, hand-eye coordination and all the things that we referenced earlier. So it really comes down to maximizing the time in the gym because a lot of people will have this badge of honor of, I spent two hours in the gym. I'm like, man, you were like an hour and a half too long in there. I'm out in 30 minutes. It's doing the right exercises to maximize the time invested and getting the most from it. So that's why a lot of people will tell older men to do compound or multi-joint movements, deadlifts, squats, bench press, burpees and cleans and things like that that involve multiple joints as opposed to like these beach type workouts where you're doing a bicep curl <laughs> that you're isolating a muscle. Just I, here's my philosophy. Do the least amount of work possible to get the best result. And that's what I do when I coach men. They expect me to put them on some big giant program. I'm like, man, I want to do the least amount of work possible to get you the fastest result. Yeah. And do you find that I know my experience has been in, in the current, thank goodness, the literature is now sort of starting to really show this is that increasing your muscle mass, especially as you age, is one of the most important things. I think I grew up probably you as well in this uh, time where the gyms were like mostly a cardio thing, you know, to lose weight. And, you know, there was weightlifting and there were, you know, free weights and things like that. But it seemed like everybody going there had this thought in their head that, oh, I have to do 30 minutes of cardio every time. And maybe I'll do weights for a couple of minutes kind of thing. And I feel like now there's a little bit of a shift, which I think is appropriate because the studies show it that when we do resistance training, whatever that looks like, we increase our muscle mass, that increases our metabolism, it helps us to age better. What are your thoughts on that balance between resistance training versus aerobic type stuff? Like, give me your, your thoughts. So if I was on a desert island and I had to choose between a treadmill and a barbell, it'd be a barbell all day long. Yeah. And I still think that most gyms are cardio heavy. If you go into any big box gym, you'll see anywhere between 50 and 100 treadmills easily. And that doesn't include the ellipticals and the Stairmasters and all of these other things that the average person thinks is the first thing they need to walk to when they join a gym. I could promise you if there's a thousand people watching us and 900 of them are not gym people that don't know what we know and they went and signed up at a globo gym today and they were left to their own devices and they signed that contract the first thing they would walk to is a treadmill 100 percent, absolutely guaranteed even with the information and the research that we have that you just talked about i was fortunate enough to come up with people who really emphasized the weightlifting part to me and i had this desire to have a physique so that was never an issue and i learned early on the benefit of having lean mass. Now, whether the numbers are true or not, everyone for years has thrown around this, you burn 50 extra calories a day for every pound of lean muscle you have. I don't think that's uh, across the board. It's right. 
But the reality is, it doesn't matter what the number is. You are more efficient metabolically with more muscle. And there are skinny, fat people on this planet. Yeah, it's actually a really big problem. And something that I don't think we really recognized until about this last decade where we started to really look at it, the so-called visceral fat, right? The abdominal fat that really is the type that causes the insulin resistance, the diabetes, all these chronic health inflammatory conditions that really most of the health uh, illnesses are is inflammatory. And when we get that muscle mass up, not only is, is working out, especially the resistance training piece helpful to decrease inflammation, but you build your, as you appropriately mentioned, the metabolism, your metabolism gets better. You build more mitochondria, those powerhouses that give us our energy exercise, stimulate them. You can get more of them and they work better. I mean, there's so many benefits and resistance training is really, I think it's not really the panacea. I mean, cardio is important, but I, I would agree with you. If I were on that desert island, I'd be picking whatever barbell was there many times over, over running laps around the island, <laughs> especially if it was really turn hot. Turn the barbell into a cardio workout. If you do a, a barbell complex, for example, where you just take that barbell and you don't let it go, and you do a series of five exercises in succession, it now becomes a cardiovascular workout because your heart's requiring to pump more, to get more blood out, to get the oxygen to all of those muscles all around your body that are working hard to recover so you can keep going. So now you're really getting that cardiovascular work in as well. We're on a treadmill. You could put it on an incline, but you're not doing anything for any of your other muscles in your body other than your glutes and your quads. And obviously your heart's very important, but we can kill two birds with one stone with a dumbbell or a kettlebell or a barbell or a sandbag or a freaking log. <laughs> or rock in your backyard. Like I have many, anything, anything we can pick up and carry and move. And, and yeah. talk to me, talk to me about the guys that maybe don't have a gym membership? Like what are the things that they could kind of go to simply at home to kind of get started with resistance training? Is there any couple of certain exercises that you feel like are a real bang for their buck, whether it be body weight things or get a couple of smaller, you know, dumbbells that they can put through a series of different exercises? What, what do you say to the guys that either can't get, don't have a gym close by, or that have to just work out at home without a whole bunch of equipment? What do you say to those guys? I'd say work out at home without a whole bunch of equipment and don't let that be. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. That's what it becomes. I got yeah. famous on TikTok doing something called three moves, three minutes. I also got a lot of hate on TikTok because people are saying, Clark, you're telling people they can get in shape in three minutes a day? Absolutely. Yes, 100%. I don't care who you are, what you think you know, because you are now generalizing every single person on this planet as someone who's extremely fit in that they wouldn't benefit from three moves, three minutes. So here's an example of what it looks like. Jumping jacks, running in place, and body squats. Look. I'm working out. It's done. And it's literally a two-foot square space in my room that I'm in. If I'm in a chair, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. It, it, it's endless. I can do upper body jumping jacks. It, now you're getting me fired up, man. So, <laughs> I so love I get, that. I get I wound up as I go because these are the things that I listen to every single day. And every single one of them is an excuse. No, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And there's, uh, I, I, I'm going to encourage everybody who hasn't checked that out, the three moves, three minutes. I mean, I believe that as well. And, and many of us nowadays work from home, right? We have our home office. We have, you know, the unfortunate thing about the whole home office thing with the pandemic is also there's that refrigerator real close by, right? It's just too easy. 
But the other thing that could be close by, like you said, is just two feet of space around your desk. You just get up, stand up, do squats. I, I keep a lot of these things at the base of my desk. And then like every maybe 30, 45 minutes, I'll just, you know, put a couple dumbbells in the air, whatever. Like it doesn't have to be a lot, but you need to move. You got to do something. So I love that you break it down and make it so simple. I think that's so encouraging. Um, just for the dudes out there that wonder, is there any specific like number of times per week you recommend the resistance training part? Is there science to that? Is there, what does it look like for, you know, legs versus upper body, arms, back, core? What, what does that look like in simple terms? So the answer that I've come up with, and it's interesting, I was talking about this this morning, it applies to so many different things, right? There's science that people will regurgitate that oftentimes doesn't apply to many people. So what I tell people is, what's the best for you? So if you and I were working out, you're like, Clark, what, what's the best ratio of cardio to weights? What's the best for you? And then we find out what works for your schedule because the reality is your schedule is not my schedule. You've got other things going on. I need to figure out as a coach what is going to be a sustainable lifestyle for you? Because if I told you it's five days a week and they have proven by science that when you do chest, back, legs, shoulders, arms, and you do 30 minutes of cardio afterward, you're going to get in great shape. That's what the science says. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't do that. I don't have the time for that. Forget it. No wonder I haven't started the program yet. I'm just going to take walks whenever I can, and then you're going to continue to get deconditioned. But my job is to go, okay, let's, let's think about this for a second. How many days a week, realistically, do you feel you can exercise with weights doing this to achieve the result? Well, Clark, I think I can do twice a week. Okay, now we're going to design a program that is a full-body workout. We're going to get you in and out in 30 minutes. Forget those guys that are in the gym for two hours. They don't know what they're doing. And we're going to get you in and out. If you miss cardio that day, that's totally fine. All I really want you to do after you eat at night, try and take a little bit of a walk because, you know, we want to get your blood sugar regulated back down. And that's really a great way to go. So if you can't take a walk because it's winter, do some jumping jacks, jump some rope, do a couple burpees, do something right after you eat. Anyone can do that if they really have their mindset to do it. Yeah. So, so important. And, and what you just said is, is supported by the data. I mean, I always love to encourage people to just take a simple walk. We all know how to do that. We're bipeds. We can get up and just move. It doesn't have to be complicated, especially after eating. That's so important to regulate the blood sugar, as you mentioned. It's, and it's so simple. And if it's freaking really cold outside, just do it in your place. Jumping jacks, air squats, whatever that looks like. I, I love that. I love the simplicity and just getting down and doing it. Just, just, just accomplishing those simple movements. So one thing that I know you love to talk about, and you already alluded to this a little bit earlier in the interview, and I'd love to hear kind of how this is uh, applying to your each and every day client is the community aspect. And why is community so important, especially with health and wellness, weight loss, uh, muscle uh, strength training, whatever that is. Just talk to us a little bit about community and what that looks like for you and the folks you train. Well, that's how we are as humans. We need community. And what has happened as we've evolved is it's turned into this giant population and the small communities have really kind of fallen by the wayside. You know, we could get into all of the reasons why with the industrial revolution and all of this progress that we've had in life, which is all great. But if it takes away from interaction between humans, then we're missing out on probably the most 
special part of being a human. That's having relationships with other people. So the community that I've been able to call together is like-minded, loving, caring, supporting, encouraging, receiving. These men get so much. And I did a video this morning. Every morning I wake up and I shoot a video for guys in my coaching community. And I start off by saying, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will be glad and rejoice in it. Boys, here's what I want you to do. Pop, 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 pop. And today I said, lean into the community, but don't always feel you need to be the coach. Take coaching and take encouragement. But when you feel like you want to encourage, lean in and do that because it's an ebb and flow. And every solid organization is based on community. If you go to the church, has small groups, if you go to NAAA, any of these organizations, it's all around community. So what does that tell you? It works. It works. Yeah. Well, well also um, for us that are, you know, looking at these civilizations throughout the world, the demographics of folks that live the longest, the centenarians, the one thing they all have in common, yeah, they eat real food, but they have a real sense of community. I mean, you go to Italy, to Sicily, any of these places, I mean, all of the elderly folks are spending time with the younger folks. You have these familial as well as other friend groups and things that they're so connected. The connection is more important than anything. I've heard you talk about this before, and I know that you feel the same way I do, but we are not destined to just be whatever our DNA shows. In fact, thank goodness the science is catching up to this because we used to think, in fact, I was trained that the genetic code was everything, that you were sort of a victim of whatever you got from your mom and your dad. And that's just, it's not true. The science doesn't support that now. Thank goodness we're familiar with epigenetics, which is everything else that we either do or we don't do, the environment we're in, and, and those sorts of things is way more powerful. You know, 90 plus percent of what we look like as a human, our health and wellness and our lab tests and all this reflects all the other stuff that's not in the DNA. So I love how community for you is so crucial in this equation because it's powerful. And I think many of us underestimate the power of that. Um, yeah, so thank you for that. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, it's on everybody's mind, right? Every day we're a day older. And I think for, for us guys, maybe that we don't like to talk about this kind of stuff. You know, the women have perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause. The dudes have andropause, right? The testosterone levels can fluctuate and things like that. You're, you're obviously a guy that's somehow been able to, you know, have that in your favor. And I think my recollection, if it's right, I hope it is that you're not using like testosterone supplements and that sort of thing. You're all into improving that naturally. So I'd love to hear your approach on low T and andropause and what you do and what you recommend for folks, because at some point in time, we're all going to be in this equation. I'm, you know, entering it now. And uh, I'd just love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, so on my Instagram, there's a video of me sitting right here in this very seat interviewing another doctor who looked at my blood work and almost on some level wanted to prove that I was on some form of TRT or TOT, as I refer to it, testosterone optimization therapy. And he realized by looking at some of the other markers that I am not, and I have a natural testosterone level of 725. And it's not because of my genetics. See, there's genetic potential and then there's the epigenetic factor that is the lifestyle. So it's my belief, and this may or may not be completely accurate, but your genetic potential either ends or starts the day you're born because your parents are the ones who gave you the genes that you have. So now you're a little baby, you're born. 
if I completely live a life of drinking 68 grams of soda every single day from my bottle to the time that I'm 58 years old, I will not even tap into any part of that genetic potential. So what I've been able to do is capitalize on that genetic potential because I realized early on when I flexed my bicep at age 14 for my buddies and they laughed at me and said, you're deformed, I realized there was something about me that was different than everybody else. So I started to run with it literally in my life. And throughout the years, I realized that if I continue to do this, I can always be ahead of the curve and not be better than anyone else, but be better than everyone else, if, if you understand the difference in the, the use of that word. So everybody can change the way they exist starting right now today. And that's the thing that people need to understand. So what I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis is misinformed, ignorant people who don't understand what I'm trying to say. And what I'm trying to say is, if a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, sits here today and says, I don't like the way I look and feel, I need to make a change. We can change it instantly, right now on a snap of a finger. And I'm going to show you right now, and you know this, but here's the first thing we need to do. That one breath will absolutely change the way you are existing right now on this planet, period. I don't care. There's no one that can, nobody on this planet can convince me any different. Because if everyone takes one breath, you will instantly feel what I'm talking about. Okay, Clark, I didn't lose 50 pounds from that. This is where we start. So we go to the next step. What will you eat next? I love what Oprah Winfrey said. What is your next best move? So now you've reset. Food is a drug. If I put it in my body, it's going to cause a chemical hormone response. I was going to go eat that leftover pizza, but I know that's probably not the best choice because it's got me where I'm at today. Why don't I have the ground turkey instead? It doesn't taste as good. Now this is where the mindset piece comes in. You know, and, and it just progression from there. I could walk through the whole entire process. And then what do we do? Here's what humans do. They project out 100 pounds of weight loss. They project out a 12-week program. They project out this, this far-off goal that none of us are excited about looking that far down the line. What we need to do is back up and go, what is my next best move today? Okay, I ate good food. Now I have the opportunity to go take a walk. I'm tired. I don't have the energy mindset. But I want the result because I heard Clark and the doctor say the science has shown the research, the data, and this guy that knows none of that just knows if you get up and walk after you eat, you're naturally going to get your body back into balance. And that's what we want. So, again, it's not rocket science. I don't know what you know. I just practice what I practice, and it, 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 it lines up. <laughs> yeah. Well, the cool thing is you – are gifted at recognizing the cues and the signals of your body. Like just, just to have that mindfulness that, okay, I know what's going to happen if I eat the pizza. I'm not going to want to work out. I might, I personally, I'll wake up feeling achy the next day. Like if I eat a bunch of pizza or that big bowl of ice cream, like I might enjoy it for a few bites, but I know the next day when I wake up, I'm not going to feel that good. I also won't sleep that well tonight. So you recognizing the cues and then knowing enough about 
you know, the science and the data just to, you know, give that an extra piece of validation. And of course, all your experience with your own body and thousands of others, it just makes sense. But I like how you break it down to the simple one step. What's your next big move? What's that next step look like? Because if we break our life down, it's all in moments. Everything is in a moment. All we have right now is each other. Me and you, this is our, both of our entire worlds right now is me and you. My wife is in the other room, but she doesn't exist in my world. That's the reality. She is not present in my world in this moment. And that is truly the power of now. Eckhart Tolle said it like, this is truly the power of now. If we're both zoned into this and realizing, man, this is, the opportunity I have to exchange information and encouragement with another human being. So this now is community. And this now, here, here, let me say this. This is boosting your testosterone and mine right now. Facts. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's simply true. And, and one of the, <laughs> I, I, the, the cool thing, Clark, is that there is thankfully now more and more each and every day, more and more science to back up what you and I are saying, the power of connection, it raises the appropriate hormones like, so that there's testosterone is one, growth hormone is another. It also elevates when we're connected to people. Also the anti-stress hormone, the oxytocin, which is basically the reverse of all those kind of anxious feelings that we can get when we're stressed out. It, this one actually raises when we're connected, when we spend time with people that we enjoy, or even our pets, we could give, you know, get their pet on our lap and stroke our pet. And that raises our oxytocin and lowers our stress, lowers our blood pressure. So all this is actually proven in science, but you and I know it intuitively because that's how we feel as well. And if we just break it down into the moment by moment, I think that makes it for me, it makes it doable because having a super long list of like all those things I got to do this week with respect to my health, wellness, exercise routine, it's pretty intimidating. But if you break it down into the smaller pieces, into the moment, I feel like it's achievable. That's why I fly by the seat of my pants, man. I just get up and I go from one moment to the next and I try and optimize each one of them. And, and here yeah. I am today and I'm, I'm happy and I have everything I need. I'm not stressed out about any of it. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's amazing. No, you're crushing it. And I think, um, and I hope it's okay if I ask, and you don't have to tell me about today in particular, but I think a lot of people just want to know like one day in Clark's life, like what does it look like the types of foods that he eats during the day? Is it a three meal a day thing? Is it a two meal a day thing? Is it like the six meals a day that we were taught 20 years ago? Like, what does that look like for you? And what sort of that, uh, I hate to mention the word macro because I personally don't count macros and I don't think you do either. But, but what does that daily regime look like for you? So I wake up and I, I, I wake up with no alarm. My wife will say, what time do you want the alarm set? And I'll say whatever, but I never wake up to it because I, I actually sometimes think I don't want to go to sleep because I want to be up tomorrow to do what I want to do tomorrow. But I'll wake up, I'll get in the cold plunge, and then I get in the hot tub, cold plunge, hot tub. So I start my day like really being refreshed and invigorated. And there is some meditation time during that. Like I'll stand outside butt naked after my cold plunge, just like, let's go. You know, if, if, my neighbors were to see me or if aliens dropped in, they would look at me and go, what's up with this guy? What's wrong with him? And I really think that the weirder I get with my stuff, the more in tune I am with myself. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of it because they're just doing the standard 
sleep, get up, go to work. And again, I'm not demeaning any of that. I'm saying that's just not what I want to do for my life. So then I'll, I'll have a client in the morning. I'll have, so I had a client this morning. Then I had another one after that. And then I had a third one, but we decided to go to breakfast instead. So there were three of us. We went down and I had a vegetable omelet with bacon added to it with no potatoes, no bread. They're always like, you know, in, in light cheese. I ate that whole thing faster than everybody else because that's something they always make fun of me for. And then from there, I came back. I did my workout, came home, did a coaching call. I just hired a coach. So I did my coaching call and I checked in with a couple people and, that I coach. And then I just had salmon. I had eight ounces of salmon and four ounces of asparagus. So I've had two meals today and it's two o'clock. So no, I don't do the six, seven meals a day. I don't force feed myself. I eat when I'm hungry and I eat till I'm satisfied. I don't feel the need to finish my entire plate if I'm not wanting to finish it. And I don't think I need 50 grams of protein per meal. It just doesn't add up to me in my mind. I'm very instinctive about it. And that's worked well for me. Yeah, the, the, I think the, the most important thing right there to take home is that you are being intuitive. You're listening to your body. And you've said this other times in the interview that no one, you know, we're, we're all not exactly the same. There's no one plan that works for everybody. There's a place for all these different types of eating patterns. If we go to the basics, which is eating real food, which everything you shared with us so far is real food. You didn't talk about anything you pulled out of a bag or a box, something that had a barcode, you know, the things that I tell people to avoid, right? The three B's is all that process crap that has the wicked triad that, that I share with people, the, the processed grains, glutens, sugars, and then the seed oils. If we avoid that process crap and just eat real food, we can just eat to our fulfillment to when we feel like that's enough, which I'm spacing, maybe you remember the word, but there's a word in Japanese for exactly this, that you, you eat got me. until you're satisfied. There you go. And not until you're full. And I think here, for whatever reason in the US, we usually eat beyond that point. For me, I always felt like I had to eat until my plate was clean. I grew up, there were five siblings. So six of us, we were all sort of, you know, vying for enough food to, you know, because we were on a budget and my mom was super good about keeping to the budget. And we felt like we had to clean our plate. And then if we got lucky, maybe somebody else wouldn't, you know, have eaten theirs and we'd eat theirs too. And so I was kind of in that mindset growing up, you know, where we may not get a big plate the next meal. So we were always finishing our plates. But the beauty of it is our bodies know where the end point is. So say that word one more time, Clark. Ikigami. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Where you eat until you're satisfied, but not until you're full. So maybe it's a 70%. You don't eat until 100% or 120%. You know, and this, we all probably fail at this at Thanksgiving or the holidays. I know I do often. But if we can, for the most of the time, just eat until we're satisfied and not until we're stuffed. I mean, think about it. If we're planning to do that walk that Clark and I keep talking about, if we eat until we're stuffed, we're not going to want to take that walk. We're going to be like, oh my gosh, I just want to take a nap. <laughs> but if That's we just eat until we're thing. satisfied, yeah, we're going to feel okay going for a walk. You know, So listening to those cues, no one body is the same as everybody else's. We're all different. We're all unique. If we listen, we stay in the moment, we eat real food. I think we, that's, that's the basic recipe for success right there. What do you think? Absolutely. You know, you made me think of something with regards to this walking thing that we keep going back to and people starting a program that's sustainable. New Year's resolutions don't work, period. 
And, and let me give you my reason why I say that. It's pretty obvious, but if they worked, there would be 12,000 people going up and down my street running because every January I see new sets of couples walking up and down my street. I don't see them in February. So if any New Year's resolution worked, all of those people would still be walking up and down that street. But I have not seen one in months, in months. So anyone that's sitting here thinking, okay, this is interesting, man, I'm kind of getting into this. I'm going to start on Monday. Forget Monday. Forget whatever goal you have set out there in front of you. You have now, and you have your next best move. So your next best move is not to go eat a bunch of crap because on Monday, you're going to start your program. So you're going to get this out of your system. <laughs> That's the most ignorant thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And if I hurt anyone's feelings, good. <laughs> you know, I don't care. I, I really don't care because that will never work, period. It won't. But when you set your mind to wanting to make a change because you owe it to your family, you owe it to your employer or your employees, and more important than anything else, you owe it to yourself, man, to look good, feel good, and function good. And I'm not talking about being on a magazine or being a bikini model or none of that. I'm talking about you being your best. However that manifests, and you know what I'm talking about, because right now it's getting down in the soul of some people like, man, he's telling the truth. I've never really heard anyone say like this. You know, I ain't trying to get anyone to sign up for my program here. I'm just trying to make people think. Yeah, no, <laughs> so true. And uh, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. You got to just focus on those simple things, listen to your body and your next big move. Why not now? Why Monday? Why not today? Why not take that walk after your next meal today? right? Why not today? And I love what you just shared because it's a perfect segue into your final step that uh, our viewers and listeners maybe don't even know yet, but you, you described it perfectly, which is the integrity piece that you've changed your final step to. I think it used to be supplements, which I think you and I both agree they do play a role. Right now, we live in a society where our, unfortunately, our soil is depleted of many nutrients that are vital. And so having some supplementation and whatever works for our body, I take many and from all different brands and companies, but I take what my body needs. It may not be what you need, but there are a few that we could all benefit from. But talk to us a little bit about the integrity piece. What, 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 what does that really mean for you and your clients? And tell us about that. It means whatever it means to that individual. So my program is called the Maximized Man Elite Program. And when men come to me, I obviously hook them with the way I look or one of these football trick shots. You sell them what they want, you give them what they need. Many people live in a body that isn't one they want to be living in because they're not being a person of integrity. They're, they're doing things outside of their character that somehow has to manifest somewhere, and it's usually stress, stress eating, hiding things. So that's one piece of integrity. But the other piece of integrity is, are you really implementing all of these things consistently at a seven or above? And I need my guys to report to me on a daily basis and tell me where they're at. So I give them a scale of one to 10 mindset. Where were you at yesterday? So every morning I get a series of text messages from guys with seven, seven, eight, nine, seven. And then I'm like, he's good. He doesn't need me. But if I see four, four, two, one, three, I'm immediately on the phone. What's up? 
How can I help you? What's going on? So I need that person to have integrity and not lie to me about any of those numbers. We put the supplement piece into the food because it really is just a part of the nutrient conversation, which comes in the meals part. So the integrity piece comes down to what in that individual's life isn't necessarily in alignment with who they are and how do we fix that? Because look, we're all just humans. We all have our weaknesses. We all have our flaws. Some people better than others. But if you come to grips with that, it's going to make this fitness piece a whole lot easier. If you're running around lying to people and doing things that aren't in alignment with how you were raised or what you believe, it, it doesn't work out to your advantage. You got to be true to yourself and to your beliefs. And um, I couldn't agree more. But, and you got to be honest, right? And I think that's the, the cool accountability factor too that you're sharing is that that's how we can really help one another is if we're actually honest and vulnerable and we share what we're struggling with because then we know how we can help one another and that sort of thing. And I know you're a guy that just loves to help people and I see that in your eyes and in your soul. And, and so tell us, you know, just to wrap it up, if there's any, any kind of parting thoughts and then how our listeners and viewers can reach out to you and, and work with you. So I want anyone who's looking at me for the first time, kind of like, wow, man, this, this was a lot to realize that I come from a place of love and understanding because I literally work with thousands and thousands of men. Someone questioned me the other day when I said that on a TikTok post. Oh, this guy says he works with thousands of men. How is that possible? Well, four decades in the industry, Facebook groups, TV, magazine exposure. So I am exposed to a lot of people. And it's not hard to work with thousands of people. And you drill that down. So the amount of people that actually have meaningful conversation with me is still in the thousands. And I've learned so much that we're all here just trying to figure this out. And I couldn't come and do what you do as good as you do it. So that's why I exist because people go, man, Clark, just tell me what to do. And that's really what I'm gifted at. I believe I was put on this planet to do. I, I know I would. there's not even a question in my mind that I am here, and I knew that at age 17 in Canton, Ohio, innately, but not specifically, like I'm gonna be doing something much bigger than what the possibilities lie for me here. And here I am today doing that. And I just want people to know that there are people who care, I'm not the only one, that really do wanna help you. And you don't need to be ashamed, afraid, or embarrassed to reach out to somebody and say, look, man, I don't know how to do this. I've tried, I haven't succeeded in the past. Don't beat yourself up. That's why community exists. That's why coaches are here and people who have studied, such as yourself, that know things and have a gift to share those things in a way that people can grab a hold of them and have hope and move forward and get the result. So tell us where people can find you and reach out to you and uh, all that good stuff. If any man is interested in learning more about my program, they just go to MaximizedManElite.com and fill out a form like there's no sign here button i don't do that i won't let someone just sign up you have to go through a process so the first step in the process is you fill out a form we get information on you that's submitted to my business partner he's a younger guy but he'll get on the phone with you and then you'll have a conversation not a sales pitch we don't pitch anyone the first day on the phone it's a discovery call we find out if we're a good fit and then from there we have another call to go deeper in, it's not a sales pitch. 
We don't pressure anyone. Then if you choose to have a third call, then it's like, okay, this person's interested. Then we'll ask for your permission to say, are you interested in learning what it costs to work with Clark or one of the other coaches? And they'll say, yeah, sure, tell me. And then that's what we do. We give them the opportunity. And then when, I, I will say this, when you start making excuses, which you will, then we push back. We absolutely push back because now we're informed and we understand that you are only making excuses and your mind is not set yet. You're not ready to take a step. And your next best step is engaging. Because if you took three phone calls with somebody and you said, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, yeah, 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 yeah. And you don't, we did something wrong <laughs> and we got to figure out how we can help you. So that's the process. And, and it works. It works. And I have like a lot of coaching clients that I'm working with and, and I'm getting coaching on how to be a better coach. So it's, it's a never ending thing, man. So it's just maximize man elite. If any woman wants help, I have a, a, an online deal where you can get a customized meal plan and workout plan. It's just at cbxcoaching.com. And that's really it. And any, you can Google me. I'm all over the place. Yeah. And and Clark Bartram on Instagram, Facebook, all of those avenues. Uh, What a, what a great, great sharing today. I appreciate you so much. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. I feel like we've connected. I think our viewers and listeners have really felt your, your true sense of desire to really help them live their best life, their most active physical, whatever that looks like for each individual, you want them to accomplish those goals. And I love that one life. I love it. We have one life and Clark's going to help us live that our best life. So Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Clark. You're a true inspiration. Uh, just grateful for you. Thank you, brother. Oh my gosh, guys. That was so fun. I so enjoyed doing that episode with Clark. Just an amazing human and showing us what's possible. I mean, the guy is going to be 60 years old and he is as buff and jacked and fit and just crushing life each and every day as much now as any time in his life and what a pleasure it was to have him on the show i hope you enjoyed it men women alike just so many pearls that you can glean from from listening to him i hope you're following him i hope you're following me at dr thomas hemingway dr thomas hemingway my website thomashemingway.com and i hope you're just enjoying the content it's just a pleasure to get this out to you each and every week i hope you're having an amazing fall be sure to subscribe like comment and drop a review because that's what moves the needle i so look forward to each and every episode it just tickles my heart when you let me know it so please share share and share like and drop a review that's just the way that we can get this out to more people because this is life-changing content. This is stuff that will move the needle each and every day, simple, practical steps that you can implement on a daily basis that will just help you crush life, have that energy, that vitality you've always dreamed of, and just have it each and every day. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, for being a part of this movement, for being a part of the show, the Unshakable Health Podcast. It's just my pleasure, one of my greatest joys to bring it out to you. So until next time, guys, a big aloha.